yourself a merry little Christmas. Something else. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, my nieces, when Merry they were little, they had, this, they had this uh, jingle, 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 jingle. Everybody knows it's Christmas time. They were five and like two oh. when they did this. It was so brilliantly funny. I cried laughing watching them. Um, but uh, you know, I I got to um, I got a uh, a lot of playing of my two favorite both Christmas movie and Die Christmas Hard. song. Yeah, exactly. Die Hard, yes. best Christmas movie ever. Elf is also really really funny. The um, and my greatest and favorite Christmas song, which is uh, a ring a ding ding. It's Dominic the donkey. My favorite line is like he has to use a donkey because the reindeer. Can't climb the hills of Brooklyn. <laughs> hey, here's something I learned. Do you know the song "I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas"? Oh, yeah. That the the woman who sung that when she was a little girl is a nun. Is from Tulsa. What? Isn't that interesting? There's a little. It's is on Instagram. There's a little Insta uh, uh, account called Tulsa. I think it's called Tulsa Times. It's hilarious, and it just shows like old school Tulsa. It's hilarious. Oh. Well, they're like interviewing this lady. I don't know. She was probably in her 60s or 70s. And she was talking about singing that song. Anyway, oh, wow. I love it. That's great. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, just a reminder, Christmas is a season. To be jolly. It's not just a day. And so... Uh, it is the octave. This happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was... This person will remain nameless, uh, but they were... I was walking around hanging out in our preschool, and uh, somebody said... Oh, today's the first day of the 12 days of Christmas. And they were referring to December 13th. Oh. So I body slammed them. <laughs> I said, no. Um, anyway, but we had a nice conversation. It was very, it's, it's a similar conversation to, I love Immaculate Conception where we celebrate Jesus being conceived without sin. Yeah. And that, that was, we solved a we lot did of those. That. We solved that problem. So, so anyway, 12 days of Christmas, day number one is Christmas. <laughs> so, there's a lot of I don't things. know what day we're on, but I don't know, five, we're f- five golden yeah. rings, there's a lot something of, like that. There's a lot of things that people don't know about um, both the scriptures and their faith. And uh, there, was, there was a number of questions uh, during the Advent, post-Advent, early Christmas season because people hear these readings and they're like, what is that about? What is that about? Yes. What is that about? And you know what's funny is I never get to explain them to my college students because I ain't no one around after graduation until nobody, January. Nobody got time for that. January like 14th. So you know what I wanted to do? This is what I wanted to do last week, but now it's a week later. Uh, <laughs> And so, but it, 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 it's it's perfect. Last it's perfect. week is over. Last week is over. You know, the, um, people they don't know the characters and the cities of Advent and Christmas uh, because there's these the characters, characters, yeah, yeah, and the, the cities like the characters, Bethlehem. No, we'll go. We'll run through them. Oh. I, I I got a list of six, and they are John the Baptist. Mary, Joseph, 
Zebulon and Naphtali, Nazareth and Bethlehem. Zebulon and Naphtali are the yep. same are together. Yep. Nazareth and Bethlehem. So, the, the, uh, you know, when I started doing research on this, I noticed that like all of these were in the Gospel of Matthew. So, like Jerusalem, Jerusalem's not really in the Christmas. No, it, it's it's mentioned a little bit, just a little bit. But, but all of these are in the Gospel of Matthew, and we know from the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like. Mark is written to Romans. It's written to the pagan culture. We know yep. all that history. Yep. Luke is, it's Blessed Theophilus. It's written to, um, some would say, the high priest in the temple because then it has a beginly, it begins immediately with telling the story of a priest and um, a woman, uh, and then people of the tribes of Asher and the priests and Luke, uh, um, uh, Anna and Simeon in the temple. And you're like, it's all about the temple. It's all about priesthood. And um, oh. and the name of uh, Theophilus in, in the Jew... In That's like who the, Luke is writing yeah, to. Yeah, in the Jewish chronological list of high priests in the temple, Theophilus is during that time. All right, as people are listening to this, should they have like a map? Should they should probably have their Bible open. All right, if you're driving, if you're driving, this does not apply to you. <laughs> if you're jogging around Boomer Lake... This does not apply to this you. This does not apply to you. But if you're on a monorail, monorail, monorail. But if you're on a monorail or you're sitting at home. This does apply um, to you. You might, yeah, you might bust out your Bible. So you got you your might, Bible with you, right? I have a Bible. Okay, yes. grab, get it out because this is where we're going to start. You know, the, the season and began. Maybe a map, maybe a map of the Holy Land. The season of Advent began with a guy named John the Baptist, right? So if you, if you go to uh, the gospel from the first and second Sunday of Advent, you hear, um, especially the second Sunday Advent, this John the Baptist guy show up. And then the voice of one crying yeah, out in the wilderness. Exactly, which comes from the Old Testament, um, the Isaiah the prophet. But then why I I I'm just always just kind of like caught off guard by it says it says the people came out to him, all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, and the entire Jordan Valley went out to see John the Baptist. And then, and then the question is like, why? Yeah, there it is. And they, this is uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 5. And there went out to him all the country of Judea, all the people, and all the people of Jerusalem. Uh-huh. All. Not just a few. Jerusalem all. just emptied out? Yeah, they were like, peace, we're out of here. Wow. And, and, the, and the question is- I don't well, think I've ever like, noticed the all. Like, why all? This is what I love about, um, you know, um, because it's also in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3 is the preaching of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea. And so he's, he's out there in the Jordan Valley, and all these people, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people, came out to see John the Baptist. But why? And then they throw this description in there of John the Baptist. Of John the, yeah. And they say, he look, and they describe him, he was wearing what? He was Rob, our our studio in in house studio engineer says he was wearing camel hair with what around his waist, Rob? Uh, yeah, he's got a, a leather, leather belt. belt. Okay, so now, so that's Mark chapter one verse six. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Yeah, yeah. So then, if you go back to the second book of Kings, so go back to two Kings one eight. Go back slipping, to 2 Kings 1.8, slipping, and it says, slipping. and I'm going to start at verse 6. Um, and so so this is uh, the reign of Ahaziah. It says, 2 Kings what? 
2 Kings 1 8. Um, Ahaziah um, was, was the king. Um, and it says, uh, um, it says, Meanwhile, the messenger of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Go and meet the messengers of Samaria's king and tell them, It is because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baalzebub, the god of Ekron. For this the Lord says, You shall leave the bed upon which you. Okay, so it keeps going. And the messenger entered, and a man met and met, and we're going down, and we get to verse 7. Then the king asked them, What was the man like who met you and said these things to you? They replied, he wore a hairy garment with a leather belt around his waist. And then it says, he cried out, it is Elijah the Tishbite. It is. He wore a garment of hair cloth with a belt of leather about his loins. Yeah. So, so now you have this. It is Elijah the Tishbite. So what I think most people are missing from the season of Advent is that when the Messiah comes, because Jesus says, they they say, well, where's where's the one who was supposed to come before you? And he says, oh, well, John the Baptist preceded me, and you killed him. Like because they were waiting for Elijah to show up, and Elijah did show up, and he showed up in the desert, and all the people went out to see him. And then when the when the leaders of Israel show up, he says, you brood of vipers, <laughs> like he had. Wow. He, so what? Well, I, what we what we saw at the second week of Advent was this this person show up and who's calling us all to repentance. But it doesn't stop there because I think one of the things that um, we had with the Immaculate Conception and Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was after the second week of Advent, was something very similar. That you know Eve and I, I presented this to the students. Eve in the Old Testament was in her home, a garden. Mary is in her home. Eve is talking to an angel. That's what um, Nashan, um, the, the, this beast is, is a fallen angel. Mary is talking to an angel. One um, is being deceived and is staying out of grace. And the other one is listening with a great attentiveness. And is asking, full of grace. Is full of grace and is asking questions. She's like, she says, like, I'm a consecrated virgin. How is this to be? How, is, how can this be? How can this be? Because I'm a consecrated virgin. And so we have these, these, like, these beautiful parallels. I think another one is like, um, well, it is John, John, um, no, St. Joseph. You know, we have St. Joseph appear in this Advent season and Christmas season. Um, and we have, so we have a parallel. We have Joseph in the Old Testament, who is called by his brothers, look, there's our brother, the dreamer. And Joseph in the New Testament, the angel comes to him in a dream, in a dream. Not when he's in his carpenter shop, you know, he's called a tectone, a stone worker. He's not in there like, you know, chiseling a statue of himself. And it's like the angel comes up and they're like, hey, Joseph, stop doing that. You're quit building. No, Joseph's in a dream. So we have Joseph in in the Old Testament dream. Joseph in the New Testament, a dream. Then we have Joseph in the Old Testament, who's the second most powerful man in all of the empire. And Joseph, when the angel greets him, says, Joseph, son of David. So Joseph in the New Testament is the only person described as the line of David, as kingly. So when blind Bartimaeus um, 
hears, they say, well, who's coming this way? As he's sitting outside the town of Jericho, they say, it's Jesus the Nazarene. But blind Bartimaeus doesn't yell, Jesus the Nazarene. He says, Jesus, son Son of of David, David. which means like the long awaited king. So we have Joseph in the Old Testament, who's a dreamer, who's of royalty. Joseph of the New Testament, who is, um, is visited in a dream, is a dreamer and is of royal line, David, David royal line. But then there's this really cool third one where Joseph in the Old Testament is required, well, his job is to feed the 12 tribes of Israel and therefore the world with wheat. And Joseph in the New Testament, his son is born at Bethlehem, which means House, House of bread, of bread, or uh, some people would say it just means bread town. Like, so uh, thinking about like Subway bread. It's not like Subway Won't bread. Won't you take you... me to what, what, what bread? Bread town. I think it's Funky Town. Oh, yeah, but close, close, close. So you you have these um, parallels of Old Testament, New Testament that are really important to know when you're going into this Advent season. And now uh, let's let's jump at this because the second one is the towns. But can I say something real quick yeah, about yeah, John ahead. the Baptist and Elijah? Yeah, go on. Because that was one of the readings. It was a daily mass during Advent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Matthew, I think. Anyway, it was, but it kind of was making the the John the Baptist Elijah parallel. Yeah. And then I heard this, and I've been to the Holy Land, but I don't I don't remember. I, we we went and visited like the site where John. Baptized oh, in yeah, the Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I really don't remember. I remember visiting that. Um but I do not remember our tour guide saying that very nearby, like on the way there, like within sort of spinning distance of where John baptized is the spot where Elijah was taken up in his fiery fiery chariot into uh-huh. heaven. That those are basically in the same place. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah, that's the, the exchange. The exchange of relationship. It just builds further on this John the Baptist Elijah parallel. Yeah. I just thought that was amazing. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna do some research. I yeah. love doing. Yeah. I love doing my ADD HD deep dives where I take like one little thing and then there's like 16 splinter topics and then I spend all night just it's like YouTube. No, I can't watch YouTube. It's called Wikipedia. I can't do Wikipedia either because there's so much stuff out there that's like, remember in that Colbert report where they, that one time they were like, and rare endangered rhinos are no longer rare and endangered. And they were changing it on Wikipedia. And there was a guy from Wikipedia. I only use Wikipedia to look up uh, like sports people that we're watching because I want to know like where they're from and what their their college major was, you know, (laughs) things like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so the, get uh, now the cities. Now, the, the cities, I think, are important, too. Um, so the cities, if you go to Matthew's Gospel, um, where... Oh, uh, Matthew, let's see. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. All right. Okay, dokie. Matthew, I'm really excited about this. I've been... I, I, I spent my retreat one we, year. Are we starting a new Bible study? Is that what we're doing? Uh, but you could probably do it. So we go to Matthew chapter two, which I have is, an idea. What if what if uh, there was a priest and he spent like the whole year walking through the Bible? I think that could catch on. Really? You think so? He'd have to be like super a super handsome priest. Okay. And he like he'd have to talk really fast. Um, I mean, that'd be a lot to do. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. somebody, if somebody wants to do that, that'd be, that would be sweet. Hey, where are you, Matthew chapter two? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, I'm having trouble finding things in this Bible right now. I'm just like, what are you looking for? Uh, no, I'm just, I kept going to the wrong chapter. I was oh. in chapter three and I was like, why is this not here? So you, so in Matthew chapter two, you have the visit of the Magi. And it goes all the way down the flight to Egypt, the massacre of the infants. The preaching of John the Baptist. Uh-huh. The preaching of John the Baptist. Repent. I've always wanted, if I ever ran for president, which we're not allowed, priests are not allowed to run for political office. Really? If I did, it would be O'Brien 2024, repent and believe in the gospel. <laughs> That'd be my slogan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think I'd win. Repent and believe in the gospel. So so you have these readings of, and there's this reading, and it always caught me off guard because it's in the New Testament, and it says, it's a quote. They're going back and quoting it, and it says, land of Zebulon, land of Naphtali, land beyond the Jordan, a people who live in darkness have seen a great light." light. Light. And you're like, wait a second. What, where's land of Zebulon? Where's land of Naphtali? Land beyond the Jordan. I've seen it. A, so I, I, you can, I mean, you, it's Galilee. Galilee oh. of the Gentiles. Oh. So, so, this, so if you look up land of Zebulon, land of Naphtali, land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. So the, remember, Same thing, same place. Yeah, same place. You have seen mm-hmm. a great light. And, and so we have these parallels of this land of Nephtali, land of Jordan. Um, and so if you go back to, oh, let's see, where is it? Isaiah. Is it Isaiah 11? Let me go. F- oh, that's Kings. I got these things marked, but I got so many markers in here. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. Um, Isaiah chapter 11, verse uh, 1. Um, no, that is that's Matthew 2, 3. I don't even know what I wrote down here. The land of lamb, land of Naft. Oh no! Anyway, but th- this is this is the Galilee of the Gentiles. Oh, that's Nazareth. Oh, oops. Oh, nine. Oh, I'm number dyslexic. I read the wrong side of the page. Um, nine, one through two. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here it is. So, if you go to chapter nine, Matthew nine, Matthew nine, okay. and you go to um, no, 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 Isaiah nine. <laughs> Yeah, Isaiah 9. All right. I, I got all these numbers written down and all these little things. And you go to Isaiah 9, and then, but you go to 823, and the title is The Promise of Salvation Under a New Davidic King. Okay. And I'm it says, there. there is no gloom where there had been distress, where Isaiah once he degraded the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. Now he has glorified the way of the sea, the Sea of Galilee, the land across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. A people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who lived in a land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing. A rejoicing before you as people rejoice at harvest, as they exult when dividing spoils. Um, the yoke of the taskmaster, the burden shall be broken. Th- this is the. This is what. I mean, like, where did Jesus show up? He showed up in this land. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, for for the people of this region, it wouldn't be like, oh, 
what a surprise. Because remember what Simeon says to about Simeon and Anna say about Jesus in the temple, a light to reveal you to the uh, a light a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people, people Israel. Israel. And yeah. so Jesus is not just like some random guy who just showed up on the scene. This is the prophecy of the Old Testament from Isaiah and other Old Testament prophecies that are telling like Jesus is not just some random guy, but he is the light to enter into the darkness of gloom. This is one of the Christmas readings, Isaiah yeah. chapter 9. Um, and this is later on, that for, for unto us a child is born, a son is giving, a son is given. We shall, his name shall be called Wonder Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yeah. So it's this Isaiah prophesying the light that is to come. Mm-hmm. A light shined in the darkness. A people in darkness have seen a great light. But not, but not any place. A very specific place. Galilee, the Jordan yeah, River, yeah. the Zebulon and Naphtali. It's not. He doesn't say Jerusalem. This is going to happen, or Tyre and Sidon. This is going to happen. He doesn't say in Assyria. This is going to happen. He says, boom, right here. Not in Rome. Not in Babylon. Boom, right here wow. in this place. So that's what that is. That's very cool. That's what the things that's we have very to know. Cool. Okay. There's so much in here. Gosh, read Isaiah 9. Even like there's a, the Isaiah 9 verse 4, for the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder and the rod of the oppressor. Like like we just said it, like come to Matthew, in Matthew, come to me all you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy. Like they're talking about yeah. this burden that, that the people are carrying. And Jesus is saying, I've got it. I'll, I'll take I'll take on the yoke of your of your burdens, and then even like you compare this like Isaiah nine compared to like Psalm twenty three, um, you know your rod and your staff give me comfort, right? And this is saying this this the the rod and the staff are like are bad, and Jesus I mean in the in the Psalms like the Lord, the rod and the staff are that Jesus takes. What is what's difficult and and makes it for his glory? Yeah. Okay, Ooh. let's move on because we only have okay. uh, about seven minutes left. All right. Okay. Um, let's go to the town of Bethlehem. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. But Bethlehem, remember, we called it the house of bread. We're not going to even. I don't, we may not get to Nazareth. Nazareth meaning stump town. Um, but Bethlehem. Won't you take me to? Stump it town. Okay, so Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? Like, is is there a plan here? And the answer is, yeah. Go back in um, in the Old Testament to Micah chapter five. Um, so Micah, um, you know, you got Amos, Micah, Obadedadam, Hosea. Those are um, some of those Nahum, Zephaniah. Yeah, these are what they call the minor prophets, not those guys who are down in a cave like ding dong ding, like the twelve, the seven dwarfs. Aren't they minors? I thought you were about to start singing the Oompa Loompa song. Um, but those Oompa Loompas worked in uh, Willy Wonka. The weren't the dwarves minors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi ho, hi ho, it's off. off to okay, so th- these um, the twelve minor prophets are not to be confused with the seven dwarfs. Seven? Are there seven minor prophets? Oh, no, I can't remember. Anyway, but anyway, you go to Micah chapter 5. So, Father O'Brien, turn to Micah chapter 5. It's in the, it's, uh, once you hit Amos and Zechariah and Zephaniah, 
all the minor prophets, Malachi. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite prophecies is Malachi. It's like it's Malachi chapter two, where it says like saving power shall come from his wings and the tassels of a rabbi were called the eagle's wings. So the woman reaches down and touches the hem of his garment, the tassels and saving power comes from his wings. And that's what the Amalek. Um, yeah. You didn't know that Rob? Rob's just aghast over here. But yeah, uh, Malachi. Um, so if you go to Micah chapter five, My Micah chapter five says this, but you Bethlehem, Epitharathamtha. That's, I, was, I was joking there. <laughs> but least among the clans of Judah. And th this is where it gets hot. It says, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel whose origins is from old, from ancient times. Therefore, the, <laughs> you just made me cough too. I did Therefore, not. the Lord will give them up until that time. So it's like, when she who is to give birth has born, then the rest of his kindred shall return to the children of Israel. He, meaning the one who has promised to come from Bethlehem, shall take his place as shepherd by the strength of the Lord by the majestic name of the Lord, his God. Just magnificent That's because good. Jesus is being, you know, he, he's, he's, we talked about it like he's fully God, fully man. He's also of the kingly line because of St. Joseph. Uh, and he calls himself the good shepherd. He is the one to shepherd Israel. So we have this, this great passage in Micah chapter 5, that's basically telling everybody where to look for the Messiah, where to look for the shepherd, where to look for the true king that is to come. So when the three magi show up in Jerusalem, they go to the, the you know, they go to Herod. They go to Herod, yeah. I, I, and I love this scene, and it's Herod says, they, they say to Herod, um, we're here to see the newborn king of the Jews. Yeah, we are. Yep, yep, we are. And then it says, all Herod and all of Jerusalem tremble in fear because the backstory is like Herod killed all the kings of Israel because um, Herod was a Moabite. And um, so he basically hostile takeover. So everybody's like, well, they asked the religious rulers, where, where is the newborn king supposed to be born? And they quote Micah chapter five. The newborn king oh. of the Jews is to be born in Bethlehem. Bread town, house of bread. The f sad and probably the most frightening moment that reveals the heart of the religious leaders is they don't go themselves. Yeah. If, why didn't? Yeah. If they, if they, if they were believers, it, it, the one, the king who is to be bread for us to eat, they don't go visit him. I mean, it's kind of like we got Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, not just kind of like he's there, our King and our God, who's in our churches, in our tabernacles, and people don't go visit him. Yeah. Pretty darn sad. And so Micah, Micah is telling us because he's the mouthpiece of God, he's telling us that this is, this is going to happen. This is going to take place. God is promising this. So this is something you have to know for this, uh, not only the great season of Advent, but Christmas as well, that God is playing these things. And the last one, I would say, go back and read um, 
we'll just quickly do it. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Um, Jesus is called a Nazarene. And why is he called a Nazarene? Well, because of Isaiah chapter 11. But a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge Ooh, and fear of the Lord. The and a shall, gifts of yeah, the spirit. Not by appearance shall he judge, nor by hearsay shall he decide. Well, okay, so this is, you know, Jesus is called the Nazareth, a, a Nazarite. Um, why? Because he's of the line of David. And what I love is that scene is like, a sprout shall come from the stump. A stump is a tree that's been cut down that appears as dead. And a sprout shall come out of it. And so fast forward to John's gospel when they say like, what good can come from Nazareth? Can anything and, good? And the answer is everything, you knucklehead. Don't be but dumb. But Nazareth was like, a, you know, yeah. Yeah. But what, what, what we oftentimes oh, say, no, well, like, well, even with the apostles, the apostles went to yeshiva they study the scriptures, but they forgot Isaiah chapter 11. So I'd encourage you during this Christmas season, when everything is slow, 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 is to take the scriptures and open them up and, become, and make them fun and fresh again so that you're prepared to always be ready for the Messiah's arrival um, when he comes to greet you Woo. as both in the Eucharist, in the distressing desires of the poor, in the people we don't like the most. There he is. And on the last day, when he comes to judge the living and the dead by fire as Terminator Jesus. That's wow. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> there you go. I love it. And we're approaching uh, the new year. So we will see you in 2024. Four. And we're old. Yep. Merry Pray Christmas. Peace.